Welcome, welcome, everybody. Um, we are back. I am newly uh, recuperated from COVID-1984. What a wonderful experience that is. I'd maybe like to talk about that a little bit later. Um, from a spiritual standpoint, um, I guess this would be our special Halloween edition. Are we uh, Yep, Halloween this weekend. Um, some interesting things I'd like to talk about. Honestly, I, I had planned to talk a little bit about, you know, the global warming lie, because that's all big again now. Now we all have to pretend that global warming is destroying the world because of this kooky imposter that's taken over the White House. But you know what? I don't want to talk about that. So let's just summarize that for now by saying global warming is still a big, fat, nasty, made up, stupid lie. Man caused climate change is not a thing. And uh, it likely will never be a thing. And it is a power grab. It should be repulsed and shunned. And we should not comply in any way. Um, that's not to say pollution isn't a problem, but there again, the source of the pollution is <laughs> the kingdom, our corrupt governments of this corrupt world. So uh, global warming, blow it off, do not comply. And let's just like call it good on global warming for today, at least for now. Um, you know, I was driving home last night after working a nice short 18-hour day in my wonderful machine shop. And I heard, um, I don't ever listen to coast to coast, honestly, deliberately, but you know, when I'm driving home and you know, your brain's kind of numb from employees griping and you know, just the daily grind, there's not a lot on to choose from. And I don't care a lot for music really, honestly. Um, and so I was listening to coast to coast, um, and they had this man on, I'm probably going to say this wrong. This guy is a Catholic bishop, I believe. A Montsenior. Uh, this particular man was Montsenior. I think what was his name? Uh, maybe I'll think about it. I'll find it in a minute. But oh, Montsenior Stephen Rossetti. He is an exorcist. That's what he does, and that's all he does. And I thought, oh, this ought to be interesting because, as you guys probably know, I believe that there is a Satan. I believe there's probably many Satans, but I believe we have one that spent dedicates his time here. And is in charge of a horde of less than savory characters and is probably the the boss of Joe Biden and the banking cartels, etc. Um, I think I've talked about that a fair bit, but I, I thought that would be interesting, right? Because, like, don't we have a pope now that says there is no devil? And here's this guy that's an exorcist. And I guess he's the boss of all the exorcists in the Catholic Church. They have conventions and they get together. You know, I, I have to say I found this really interesting um, and he actually was cut off about 10 minutes into this. He was supposed to be there for a whole hour with this, uh, what's that guy's name, Brian, uh, George Nori, George Nori. And after George Nori asked him a specific question, um, he asked him, uh, can any son or daughter of God, can any person, uh, cast out a demon or do you have, do you have to have any special qualifications and tools? And the guy started to answer was completely cut off. And I, I did, I wasn't going to listen. I wasn't going to lose sleep listening to this. Right. But for 15 minutes, I was curious what this guy would answer. They were trying to get him back and couldn't coincidence perhaps, but we'll answer that today. Um, and I, I want to talk about a couple things that, that he said that really kind of struck me and I thought were interesting, you know, because, you know, we don't celebrate here on the fed by Ravens network. We don't celebrate uh, Halloween. We don't celebrate per se, the pagan holiday. We don't celebrate evil. We fight evil here. Um, 
So in the spirit of fighting evil, I think it's important to know your enemy. So I, I found a couple things interesting that this gentleman had to say. Um, for one, he said what, what impressed him at first was that evil spirits can move at the speed of thought, and some can be extremely powerful. And he kind of started with that, and I was like, oh, that kind of caught my attention. I you know, know that to be true. Um, I don't deliberately poke Satan in the eye, um, but I, I try to refuse to be afraid. Um, you know, I, I try to serve, you know, a God, Jesus Christ. And um, yeah, I mean, but but don't, you know, don't go on your Ouija board Halloween night and invite him in. Right. Because Satan and his yes, he, he has some very powerful and evil people that are working with him. I, I, I do what I can to stay out of their way, right? Um, but I'm, I, I don't, like, live my life uh, in fear and being afraid of poking him in the eye because, I, honestly, I intend to poke him in the eye anytime I can. Um, so he went on to say um, that there absolutely is an uptick in satanic act- activity during Halloween or, you know, this pagan holiday. Um, he did also say that uh, COVID is not demonic-caused and should not be fought with the spirit, which I honestly kind of disagreed with, having just gone through COVID. Um, I did a good bit of praying. I, I had, a, I guess, what you would call a pretty severe case. I, I got to tell you, for about a week, I felt spiritually attacked. I felt depressed. I couldn't really do anything like I used, like I like to do. I like to meditate a little bit in the mornings. I like to read the good book in the morning early. Um, I, I tried to push through and do those things completely hollow. It was weird. And I, and I heard a good friend of mine that's a doctor. Actually, I think I first heard uh, Dr. Jack Stockwell talk about this, that COVID, I thought, maybe you guys all know this, but I thought COVID was a respiratory disease. Turns out it is absolutely not a respiratory disease in any way. It is a blood disease. It attacks our blood and manifests in the lungs because your lungs are so full of blood, right? But he also said, um, and I've heard other doctors now say this because I've looked into that, that it also causes a great deal of stress on the heart. It causes the heart to be, because I remember thinking, I'm laying there and I'm, and I'm like sweating and shaking. You guys know how it is when you're really sick. But my heart is like pounding. It was like drinking 10,000 shots of Red Bull um, every day or something like that. Heart pounding, depressed. So I felt like it was a bit of a spiritual attack. Not a bit. It was I don't know, maybe maybe I'm kooky, maybe I'm more sensitive to such things, I don't really know. But I always fight. If you're sick, if you're if if a child or if a a son or daughter of God is struggling in and suffering, I absolutely always think the dark side is involved and I would always fight it with the spirit. Uh, in, in full disclosure, I uh, found a good doctor friend of mine that was able to provide me with ivermectin, which was a godsend, and it absolutely wiped the COVID out once I was finally able to get my hands on it, which is incredibly hard because all these stupid pharmacies refuse to carry it because they take the knee to the kingdom, right? And the the whoever makes ivermectin, I guess, is struggling to get their thing done. Shortages, of course, all that. I paid a ridiculous amount of money for what should have been, you know, a $20 prescription, <clears throat> but whatever. Okay. So anyway, back to this uh, Montsenior. Um he also said, uh, um, I, I thought this was really interesting too. Um, this George Norrie asked him, "Like, so how do you how do you cast out these guys? Like, 
Are different guys more powerful? Do you have to use your holy water? And he got real quiet and he said, honestly, the best way to do it is you just, in the name of Jesus Christ, command the evil spirit to depart and not return. And that's it. And I'm like, wow, that's exactly what I believe. I think, and I don't know the whole history behind raising a right arm to the square. You know, we know George Washington raised his right arm to the square to to swear it be sworn as president. It's a tradition going back quite a ways. I would suspect it goes all the way back to the beginning of man as a way to be solemn or earnest. I don't, maybe some people might know that history. I don't particularly know it, but I, I prefer when possible to add that physical symbol to casting uh, evil spirits out. But <clears throat> he was asked, do you have to be a Monsignor? Or do you have to have some special you know, priesthood or tools or training. Yes, so that is absolutely not. Any son or daughter of God, any human being on this earth can cast evil out. Um, and you know what? If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you hopefully believe in God. Um, I think a suffering son or daughter of God can cast evil out in the name of loving Father, whatever God is to you. I don't think God is completely butthurt because you don't call him by the right name, to be real honest. Um, but that's just my opinion. So anyway, that's that's enough on uh, on the month senior. I also want to talk about, we're coming up against the break. <clears throat> um, I have talked about this. Well, we probably should finish this topic first. But um, after the break, I want to talk about, um, I want to revisit Middle Earth and the Admiral Bird expira- uh, expedition down there. And I want to tie it in to some hope. Um, I, you know, I got to be honest, as I'm watching everything unfold in the world, uh, a scripture passage comes to mind. I can't tell you where it came from. But that when we live through those days, we will understand much more clearly the words of Isaiah, the words of Ezekiel, the words of John, right? And as we are seeing this unfold, I don't know about you guys, but man, this picture is getting clear. It's not a great, pretty picture, but it's getting clear. And that's good. That's a blessing. So, um, yeah, we've got war coming and we've got all these bad things coming, but we also got some really, really good things coming. And we're going to talk about both um, and wrap up this uh, Monsignor and casting out evil here on this pagan holiday after this short break. A lot of times you have to choose between something high quality or something that saves you money. But if you can get both, why not? Especially when it comes to health care. And that's MediShare. You get both. The typical family saves 500 bucks a month switching to MediShare. And that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. It's because MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge PPO network. So yeah, really, you could save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. If you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Here is the number you need. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34- 
Bible. The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one. One easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. policy points and availability vary by state. Welcome back. Um, <clears throat> I want to wrap up talking about um, about this, you know, this Montessor, this, excuse me, Monsignor, I think that's how this is said. I apologize if there's any good Catholics out there and, and I'm, I'm butchering this. It's out of my ignorance and I apologize. Um, but this guy I definitely determined to be a light warrior. It was very interesting. Um you know, I, as I listen to these sorts of things and as I watch the world, you know, continue to descend, I just, I don't know, you guys, I have this feeling, and this, this kind of ties in with what I want to talk about here with Admiral Byrd and the people that he ran into. Most people believe that these people were aliens, Luciferians, Nordics. I believe they were the lost tribes of Israel. That's just my personal feeling. They got to be somewhere. There's a big chunk of them still in a body. Yeah, I know there's a few scattered throughout this world on top of the world that, you know, whatever. But they're in a big chunk and they're coming back in a big way in a very spectacular act. Um, How do I know that? Because it's in the scriptures and the scriptures are true. So exactly what that's going to look like. I have my ideas. um, And, you know, I want to tie that in with Admiral Byrd, who was an, an incredible researcher and an explorer. Um, he kept an incredibly good log. This was only released, and you know, this is where it kind of gets a little muddy. And you know, is this absolutely right? Is it for sure? Do I do I believe this is? I don't know, honestly, to be honest with you. The tribes could be in our Earth. They could be honestly on any of the planets in our solar system. And people go, oh, "That's crazy. That'd be ridiculous." We see it with our telescopes. Well, 
We've never seen the surface of Jupiter, several of the moons of Jupiter. We've never seen the surface of Saturn. <clears throat> the winds are whipping around Saturn at like Mach 2. Um, and we have no idea what's under there. There could be a sea of peanut butter. There could be mass civilizations. Um, we don't land probes on Saturn, at least that you and I are told about. So, you know, they could be on a planet here. I have this feeling just because they went to the north and they'll be returning from the north. And, you know, as we talk about these people, I think you have to keep in mind, according to the, you know, what we read. And, and some of this is apocryphal writings. And maybe you think apocryphal writings are hooey. I do not. Um, I, I know some may have a translation issue, of course, but um, supposedly they stayed to body or they stayed in a, in a, in a body for the most part. Um, maybe they're separated off in their individual tribes. I don't know. But apparently they finally figured it out and they learned the lesson that Israel kept suffering that the, the, the lower southern, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that the southern kingdom never did learn. And sadly, most of humanity also did not learn. But they apparently figured it out and got it right and stayed faithful to Jehovah and aren't ruled by the banking cartels. So they're as smart as any of our scientists, or maybe smarter, and they're not governed by the kingdom of Satan, um, you know, i.e. all of our governments of this world. And so their technology is apparently pretty dang good, better than ours, or at least as good, uh, probably better. And uh, they're coming back. And, you know, in the good book, we hear about mountains flowing down, that we hear that no longer will people look back to Moses and go, wow, do you remember when Moses parted the ocean and we walked through, which, you know, you and I don't talk about because we don't remember that, but we know what happened. And that's pretty amazing. You know, that's like probably the biggest miracle that we know of that's happened here. Supposedly we won't, we will no longer, I believe it's Joel, the passage escapes me, but uh, we will no longer look back at that as the great miracle. We're going to look back at the tribes coming back. And they're going to come back supposedly in a, in a nick of time. But before we get too much into uh, Admiral Byrd and his words, you know, I want to kind of wrap up with this whole fighting evil because in my mind, yeah, things are bad out there, right? And they're going to get worse. We've got lunacy everywhere we look. You know, it seems like every news story is like you, you read these news stories anymore. Like someone sent me a picture last night of all of the uh, ships out on the ocean, all these cargo ships that are bored, supposedly getting together to spell out in cargo ships, let's go Brandon, right? And I'm like, you know, to me, it's like, you know, each one of these cargo ships probably has billions of dollars of freight. They're huge, massive ships that got to, you know, they got to cost a fortune. There's no way the owners of these ships are going to say, yeah, go ahead and spell out, let's go Brandon. You got no tugboats out there. Yeah, I, you know, after I thought about it for a minute, I'm really not that stupid, but you know, you look at the news anymore, you're like, who knows? Maybe that's true. You know, you got Biden wants to give a million bucks to every every illegal alien family that was wronged by the Trump administration. So now, now we're literally going to pay criminals a million dollars a family for coming here and breaking our laws. Like, like you, you just can't, you can't even like, you know, this is just sinking so hard and fast now. It's hard to get your head around it. Um. And I have a feeling before this is over that we will stand opposite um, evil in open battle um, before this wraps up. Um, you know, hopefully I, I look at it like hopefully I'm standing a good, a good ways back from uh, 
from the one that's mighty and strong, you know, that guy, the guy that's leading the tries, tribes. I'm, I'm hoping I'm at least 10 rows back from those guys. Um, but wherever they want me, that's where I'll go. But in a coming day, we will stand opposite um, Cain and Lucifer and their evil people. Um, and I have this weird feeling, you know, maybe I've just seen Lord of the Rings too many times. But I have this feeling when I look at people like, you know, I don't know, Ammon Bundy and Brian Hyde and Lavoy and Kate Daly and Chris Ann Hall and David Bartlett. You know, I mean, we've got some awesome, great people here. I think when I look at these people that we've done this before. I feel like we've stood here opposite evil before. And maybe that maybe that pertains to many of you that are, are listening, you know, all three of you or whatever. Um, and I, I think that a familiarity is coming, you know, that, that we've done this before. Um, it sh- we should be comfortable op- opposing evil. We shouldn't be afraid. What's the worst they're going to do, right? Kill us. Um, so I think today we focus on surviving. Um And then hopefully soon thriving. And then God willing, after that, maybe some of us, maybe even one of you, will get the opportunity to fight. Excuse me. This is my voice. We'll get the opportunity to fight alongside the warriors of Benjamin and Issachar and Nephtali and Asher and all these other great uh, people coming back. Um, So let's talk about these lost tribes of Israel. Um, I want to read from uh, Admiral Byrd's log let me see here if i can hurry, hurry and pull it up um this was in gosh what year was this i'm sure he has a he was an incredibly good log keeper and diligent okay this is the uh, 19th of <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the 19th of february 1947 um there's quite a bit here you can find it online um admiral bird's uh, log uh, exploration the first one over the, uh, I believe this is uh, Antarctica. He went to both poles. Um, no, this is the North Pole. Excuse me. Uh, this isn't Antarctica. Okay, so all preparations are complete. This is oh, 0600 hours uh, for the flight northward. We are airborne with fuel tanks at 610 hours. Um, mixture is too rich, adjusted, engine running smoothly. Um, fast forward to 8.15 a.m., a radio check with base camp, situation normal. 8.30, turbulence encountered again, uh, increasing altitude to 2,900 feet. Flight smoothed out conditions um, nine, uh, in oh, 0900 hours, so they've been in the air three, year, uh, three hours. And as I understand it, they began this flight from the coast. Uh, uh, vast, vast ice and snow below, no colorless nature, and skipping ahead. Uh, 9.10. Both magnetic and gyro compasses beginning to gyrate and wobble. We are unable to hold our heading by instrumentation. Um, Taking bearing with the sun, all seems well. Control seems sluggish and slow to respond. Um, We will pick this up after the break. Um, This is a fantastic story, so buckle up. Um, Bring bring your belief, and we will talk to you soon. Oh, 10 more seconds. Um, Okay, so... uh, also, uh, you know, there's this probably no point jumping back into this. You guys, uh, be sure to stay tuned, and we will finish this fantastic story after this short break.
All right, everybody, welcome back. If you're just joining us, we are talking about Admiral Admiral Byrd, um, his famous Arctic flight. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm not, I apologize. I'm rec- just recovering from COVID 1984, and um, I'm coughing like a chain smoker, but trying to push through it. So anyway, this this historic flight uh, on February 19th, 1947. Uh, controls are getting sluggish. Uh, engines are running like crap. None of the equipment, uh, the instrumentation will work. Taking bearing, taking bearing with sun compass, yeah, all seems fairly well, though controls are very sluggish, um, but there's no indication of icing. Um, and then five minutes later at 9.15, in the distance, he sees what appears to be mountains, which puzzles them because there's not supposed to be land there. Are you still there, Brian, or did I lose you? Okay, good. Um, so changing, uh, finding mountains in the distance, changing altitude to 2,900 feet. Strong turbulence again. Um, now listen to this. This is where it gets extremely weird. <clears throat> We're crossing over a small mountain range, still proceeding northward as best as we can ascertain. Beyond the mountain range is what appears to be a valley with a river running through the center portion. There should be no green below. Something is definitely wrong and abnormal here. We should be over ice and snow. <clears throat> to the port side are great forests growing on mountain slopes. Our navigation instruments are still spinning, gyroscope oscillating back and forth. Uh, this is five minutes later again at 10.05, <clears throat> altering altitude to 1,400 feet, executing a sharp turn to better examine the valley below. It is green with either moss or a type of tight-knit grass. The light here seems different. I cannot see the sun anymore. We make another left turn and spot what seems to be an elephant or a mammoth. This is incredible. Yet there it is. Decreasing altitude to a thousand feet and taking binoculars for to better examine the animal. It is confirmed it is it is definitely a mammoth like animal. Report this to base camp. Uh, so now we skip 25 minutes <clears throat> ahead. 1030 a.m. Encountering. Encountering more rolling green hills below, external external temperature now reads 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Continuing our heading, navigation instruments seem normal. I am puzzled over their actions, attempting to contact base camp, but radio is not functioning. Uh, now we miss a whole hour. At 11:30, countryside below is level and abnormal, or at, is level and normal if I may use that word. Ahead we spot what seems to be a city. city. This is impossible, but there it is. Aircraft seems light and oddly buoyant. The controls refuse to respond. My God, off our ports and starboard wings are a strange type of aircraft. They are closing rapidly. This shape with a radiant quality. This is fantastic, but uh, where are we? What has happened? I tug at the controls again. They will not respond. We are caught in some sort of an invisible vice grip um, of some type. Uh, Five minutes later, our radio crackles and a voice comes through in English with perhaps a slight Germanic or Nordic accent. The message is, welcome, Admiral, to our domain. We shall land you in exactly seven minutes. Relax, Admiral. You're in good hands. Uh, I note the engines of our plane have stopped running. The aircraft is under some strange control and is now turning itself 
the controls are useless. Um, five minutes ahead again, 11.40 a.m., another radio message received. We begin to land, and uh, in moments, the plane shudders slightly, begins a descent as though caught in some great unseen elevator. The downward motion is negligible, and we touch down with only a slight jolt. Um, 11.45, I am making a hasty last entry into the flight log. Several men are approaching on foot toward our aircraft. They are tall, blonde hair. In the distance is a large shimmering city, pulsating with rainbow hues of color. I do not know what is going to happen. I see no signs of weapons on those approaching. I hear a voice ordering me by name to open the cargo door, and I am complying. End of log. <clears throat> so now, now we uh, <coughs> are going to supplement with what is allegedly Admiral Byrd's uh, diary. Um, from this point, I write all the following events from memory. It defies the imagination and would seem but madness had it not actually happened. Um, the radio man and I are taken from the aircraft, and we are received in a most cordial manner. Uh, we board on a small platform uh, with no wheels. It moves us towards the glowing city with great swiftness. As we approach, the city seems to be made of some sort of a crystal-type material. Uh, soon we arrive in a large building. I've never seen anything like this before. appears to be right out of the design of design board of Frank Lord Wright, Frank Lloyd Wright or perhaps more correctly, out of Buck Rogers. Um, we were given some, some type of warm beverage, which tastes like nothing I've ever savored before. It is delicious. After 10 minutes, two of our wondrous appearing hosts come to our quarters and announce that I am to accompany them. I have no choice but to comply. I leave my radio man behind, and we walk a short distance and enter what seems to be an elevator. There's quite a bit here. <coughs> I'll try to hit the high points, but... And I, again, I know this sounds fantastic. My opinion is, I honestly believe this. This kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Um, are they inside of the Earth? Are they just at the North? I believe they're probably inside. You know, and before you discount it too heavily, there are a lot of stories throughout history of uh, Nordics in the uh, far North navigating and finding extremely tall people in the North um, inside of the Earth with with uh, near tropical conditions. I haven't been in the earth and I'm, I dare say none of, none of that, any of you been inside the earth, right? Um, we don't know what's in there. We are, we can only trust what we're taught in schools, which is for the most part, mostly lies. So could this be true? I don't know. Let me, let me finish the story and then you can, we can talk more about it. Um, um, uh, one of my hosts speaks, have no fear, Admiral, you are, you are to have an audience with the master I step inside and my eyes adjust to the coloration that seems to be filling the room. I begin to see my surroundings. What greeted my eyes is the most beautiful sight of, uh, of my entire existence. It is, in fact, too beautiful and wondrous to describe. It is exquisite and delicate. I do not think there exists a human term that can describe uh, this place with any justice. My thoughts are interrupted in a cordial man manner with a warm voice with a melodious quality. I bid you welcome to our domain, Admiral. I see a man with delicate features and with etching eyes, etching with the etching of years upon his face. He's seated at a long table. He motions me to sit down in one of the chairs. After I'm seated, he places his fingertips together and smiles, speaks softly, and conveys the following. 
We have let you enter here because you are of noble character and well-known on the surface world, Admiral. Surface world. I half gasped under my breath. Yes, the man replies with a smile. You are in the domain of the Ariani, uh, the inner world of the earth. We shall not long delay your mission, and you will safely be escorted back to the surface and for a distance beyond. But now, Admiral, I shall tell you why you have been summoned here. Our interest uh, rightly begins just after your race exploded the first atomic bombs over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan. It was at that alarming time we sent our machines, the Flugelrads, to your surface world to investigate what you have done. That is, of course, past history now, my dear Admiral, but I must continue. You see, we've never interfered before in your race's wars and barbarity. But now we must, for you have learned to tamper with certain power that is not for man, namely that of the atomic energy. Our emissaries have already delivered messages to the powers of your world, yet they do not heed. <clears throat> now you've been chosen to be a witness here that our world does exist. You see, our, cultural and, our culture and science is many thousands of years beyond your race, Admiral. I interrupted, but what does that, that, do with, what does that have to do with me, sir? The master's eyes seem to penetrate deeply into my mind. And after studying me for a few moments, he replied, your race has now reached the point of no return. For there are those among you who would destroy your very world rather than relinquish their power as they know it. I don't find that too hard to believe. I nodded and the master continued. In 1945 and afterward, we tried to contact your race, but our efforts were met with hostility. Our flugelrads were fired upon. Yes, even pursued with malice and animosity by your fighter planes. So now I say to you, my son, there is a great storm gathering in your world. <clears throat> uh, there's a great storm gathering in your world, a black fury that will spend itself uh, for many years. There will be no answer in your arms. There will be no safety in your science. Um, we're coming up against a break. Um, so I hate to leave you hanging there, but we will finish this uh, good, whoever this person is, I, I would say, uh, of the leader of the Lost Tribes, maybe David in name, but we will finish this after this short break. We'll see you then. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors not available in all states. 
spend a third of your life in bed. That's why we make the most comfortable sheets in the very best way. I'm Scott Tannen. Eight years ago, my wife Missy and I founded Bowling Branch to create the new standard in bedding. We source pure organic cotton and put workers' rights first. Today, Bowling Branch makes the highest quality sheets in the entire industry. You'll feel the difference of our famous signature sheets. They're made from pure organic cotton and get softer with every single wash. Now's the perfect time to try Bowling Branch sheets, pillows, bath towels, and so much more. Each is made with super soft organic cotton by workers who are paid fairly and have come to feel like family. It's time to make the better choice and get the new standard in bedding. Visit BowlingBranch.com today for free shipping and returns. Experience a new standard of comfort at BowlingBranch.com and take 15% off your first set of sheets with promo code GOLD. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Promo code GOLD. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a healthcare plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the typical health insurance plan. That's double. So you get a massive network of providers to choose from. You get telehealth services. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. Here's why now really is the time to make the switch, too. You can start saving each month, which is huge, but right now they'll waive your joining fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. But again, it's a limited time offer. you got to call now. And it only takes two minutes to find out how much you'd save by switching. Here's the number, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Okay, everybody, welcome back. I'm, we are uh, here on the last segment, so I'm going to hurry and kind of blow through the Admiral Byrd's um, log. But you can find this this particular one. It's a long website, but it's not hard to find. I've found this several times. Um, this is the actual flight log as released in 1996, which was a good long while after the rest of his stuff was released. My guess is it was his son. His son released all the stuff that the government didn't release, all the stuff, of course, that the government released was benign and scrubbed and, and honestly boring. Don't even waste your time with it. But okay. Anyway, so he's having an audience here with the head of this particular race of people. They're very concerned um, that, that we have uh, unlocked the power of the atom and, and have weaponized it. And so he, he um, also says that we've tried to contact your, uh, your leaders of your nations, but they've responded with violence. Um, so, uh, so here we take it up here. Um, your race has now reached the point of no return for there are those among you who would destroy your world rather than relinquish their power as they know it. I nodded and this guy continued in 1945. We tried to contact your race. I think I read that our planes were fired upon. Um, there will be no answer in your arms. There will be no safety in your science. Boy, I hear, here. Um, it may range. It may rage on until every flower of your culture is trampled and all human things are leveled in vast chaos. I can't imagine that. Um, your recent war was only a prelude to what is yet to come for your race. Amen there, too. Uh, we here see it more clearly with each hour. 
do I say, do you say I am mistaken? No, I answered. It happened before the dark ages came and they lasted for more than 500 years. Yes, my son, replied this, the master. The dark ages that will come for your race now will cover the, cover the earth like a pall. Uh, but I believe that some of your race will live through the storm. <clears throat> Beyond that, I cannot say. We see a great distance. We see at a great distance a new world stirring from the ruins of your race. And this is in 1947, by the way. Um, uh, seeking its lost and legendary treasures. And they will be here, my son, safe in our keeping. What treasure are those? Well, I would say the good book, these are the treasures that they're bringing back to the people of Ephraim, right? Um, I've heard people say in my church, oh, that's probably their genealogy. No, no, they're, it won't. they'll probably bring their genealogy too, but that's not the treasures they're bringing back. Um, you, my son, are to return to the surface with this message. With these closing words, our meeting was at an end. I stood for a moment as in a dream, but yet I knew this was reality. And for some strange reason, I bowed slightly, either out of respect or humility. I don't know which. Suddenly, I was again where the two beautiful hosts had brought me. Uh, they were at my side. This way, Admiral, one motion. I turned once more before leaving and looked back towards the master. A gentle smile was etched on his delicate and ancient face. Farewell, my son, he spoke. And then he gestured with a lovely slender hand. A motion of peace and our meeting was, at, was ended. Quickly, I walked back um, through the great door out of this chamber and entered in the elevator. The door slid slightly downward, and we were once again upward. Um, one of my hosts spoke again. We must now make haste, Admiral, as the master desires to delay you no longer on your scheduled timetable. You must return with this message. And I said nothing. All of this was beyond belief. And once again, my thoughts were interrupted as we stopped, entered the room with my radio man. He had an anx anxious expression on his face. As I approached, I said, it's all right, Howie, it's all right. The two beings motioned us uh, toward the conveyance. We boarded. Uh, soon we were back at the aircraft. The engines were idling. We boarded. The whole atmosphere seemed charged now with the uh, air of urgency. After the cargo door was closed, the aircraft was immediately lifted by the same unseen force. We reached an altitude of 2,700 feet. Two of the aircraft were alongside for some distance, guiding us on our return way. I must state here that the airspeed indicator registered no reading, yet we were moving along at an extremely rapid rate. Uh, at 2.15, a radio message comes through, and now this is 2.15 p.m., so we're eight hours later. <clears throat> we are leaving you now, uh, Admiral. Your controls are free. We watched for a moment as the flugelrads, I know I'm saying that wrong, disappeared into a, the blue sky. The aircraft suddenly felt as though caught in a sharp, sharp downward draft. We recovered control. We didn't speak for some time. Each man had his thoughts. Uh, flight log continues 2,200 hours. Basically, they make it back to camp, okay? So, you know, that's a pretty fantastic story. Is it 100% true? I can't say. I leave that for you to, to decide. Um, it gives me a bit of hope because I know something like this is true because it 100% jives with uh, the written word of God, which is to me the best history book we got and the most reliable. Um, how much time we got left, Brian? Okay, <laughs> I usually like to end on a happy note, but maybe for the to celebrate the pagan holiday, we will uh, we will sadly end on a not so happy note. So, okay, these guys are coming back. 
are these the lost tribes? I can't say for sure. Most people believe these to be aliens, etc. I'm not saying aliens don't exist. I don't know how all that figures in, to be honest. But I do know the tribes are coming back. And, and my feeling is that that is who these good people were. Um, how does that, you know, I, I have to kind of qualify and, I, and we don't really have time. Um, I've talked a good deal about Isaiah before because honestly, I think he is the best source we have. The entirety, all of Isaiah, all of those books, what is there, 66, 65, 66, I think, they're all in end-time scenario. And I think, you know, before I say any of this, I have to qualify it that I'm a nothing nobody, okay? Don't trust what I say without verifying. Um, and, I, you know, I am a nothing nobody, but I am so grateful that God will talk to nothing nobodies like us, you know. And he seems to do that the most. <clears throat> and I'm grateful for that. Um, and as these days grind on, like I said, Ezekiel, Daniel, John, all these things are coming more clear. So how do you study and not not just read Isaiah? This is my opinion. Um, I think you have to know, first of all, you have to know Isaiah. You have to learn his words, his phrases. What did they mean to him? I've seen so much what I would call like the Gentile proof texting thing. We take these phrases out of Isaiah and we pound them into our little paradigm and we use them to prove what we believe which isn't true, okay? Isaiah's words meant something very specific to him, and we need to learn his terms. For me, one of the best sources, and I found a few good ones, but for me, one of the best ones is a guy named Dr. Avraham Gileadi. He's written like 30 books. He's amazing on this stuff, and he's super humble, and he always says, don't say Avraham said this, and don't say Avraham said that, and he has no problem saying, if you do do that, there's the door, get out, right? This guy's Jewish. He knows his Isaiah. He's a literary expert, but he can give you the tools. I'm convinced that he's one of the people that's sent here. There are others um, to give us the tools to begin to understand the puzzle that is Isaiah. Um, he's a literary expert that's fluent in 700 BC Hebrew, which you must have if you want to understand Isaiah. Um, we're not commanded to read Isaiah. We're commanded to study it. Um, and it is because it is an end time scenario. What has been shall be. And Isaiah wrote touching all things. So um, uh, let me uh, just briefly, uh, I want to share like a couple things, you know, as we kind of look at what's going on around us and how things are shaping up. There are a few passages that I felt prevalent to this day. Um, let me find some of them. I apologize. Didn't have this queued up. Um, I'm going to start in. Oh, where have I done this here? <clears throat> this is. Come on. Um, we know that there is. There's a phrase in scripture. I guess there's just a couple I'm going to cherry pick today. There's one called the revealing of the Lord's holy arm. You've heard that probably before. A few variations of it in a di few different places, depending on, you know. What you're in my church, we have, you know, a book called the Book of Mormon, which is also an ancient record. Um, it's in there, but it, but it's also in the Old Testament. It's in Isaiah. It's in, you know, many places. So the Lord has no surprise, two arms. There's the left arm, which is the Assyrian king who is notorious for his boasting. And this is going to be the leader of the waters that's going to uh, cleanse the promised land, okay, just like the Assyrian king, what has been shall be. The Assyrian king cleansed the old 
promised land of great wickedness and idolatry. And, well, look around, my friends, okay? Um, so, yeah, that's bad news. We're going to run up against the end of the show today. So um, maybe I'll kind of put this bad news off till next week. But I'm not going to lie. This is going to suck, okay? This guy is horrible. He's not going to show compassion, Isaiah says, to the children, to the women. There will be raping and murder and babies killed. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be for you. You can be a savior to your family and prepare them to get the heck out of the way. God will always protect anyone that will listen. Just like these good people tried to warn the admiral, God's trying to warn each of us. And he doesn't care who you are or where you are or what religion you are. He wants to save you. So we're out of time, but that's our message today. Similar to our message always. Say your prayers. Be good to your family. Um, Get close to God and we will be well. Um, Have a great Halloween. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 